Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Oh baby, this is why Blank lost Welcome to another special edition of Why Blank Lost I'm David Bloomberg, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jessica Lewis. And this week, it should be easy to see why it's special, because, well, you can see us. We're on video for the first time ever. Yes, we are. And I'm appreciative that you are considering doing this at all, David, because I know that this was a discussion we had a lot last season. We finally got there, so I hope everyone enjoys getting to actually watch us as we talk through why Ethan lost. Yes, uh, and uh, it, it was it was tough because I always blamed your Internet connection. And then last mm-hmm. week when we brought on Liana, uh, I was forced to confront the issue that it actually wasn't your Internet yep. connection. Uh-huh. So yep. thank you. Is that an apology I hear? Maybe. I don't know. Is that what that was? No, it was, see, it was your Internet connection previously. But then you. Oh, fixed wait, wait. Is that what, what it was? OK, so that's like yes. a half apology. Sure, sure. We'll go with that. Well, I'll take it. I guess I'll take it. You know, and I can't. But there's no like, Jessica, you're right. We should probably we should probably start one of those. No, no. (laughs) Uh, So in case there's any confusion for viewers who are looking at us for the first time, I'm the one in the why you lost shirt, (laughs) uh, which Jessica got for me. Uh, While Jessica is the one in the well, I think that's an orange shirt. Orangey yellow uh, shirt. So, yeah. It's in my okay, Twitter picture, okay. actually. My profile uh, and for picture. For those of you who are only listening. Oh, uh, for those of you who are only listening to the podcast version, you won't need to tell us apart by sight. So you're fine. Yeah. So there we are. Now that we've cleared that up, if anyone's confused as to who I am right. and who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you could see the shirt there, that was uh, for anyone who remembers the Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. Uh, Royal Rumble WrestleMania. Uh, that was the shirt that I, my character was wearing there, and Jessica sent it to me to match the uh, <gasps> you had the doll it. that she had previously Yay! sent to me. Uh, I'm sorry, not doll. The action <laughs> the figure. The action figure. That's right. Oh, you have to show them the back. Yes. Flip it over. They got to see the back. Oh, yes. There's the back. See, 
There we go. are. <laughs> We're all there. So that's so, so awesome. That's right. See what we get out of video here. Listen, and you, um, I have to just add, you got the best intro out of anyone on that. Oh yeah. Oh my word! I was you were you started it out. You had your song playing. It was incredible. Yeah, you got the best. You had yeah. the walk-in song and the best introduction, but you didn't last that long, David. I hate to say it. Well, the the first person into the Royal Rumble never does. Well, that's true. But you got the best yeah. introduction, so you can. Right, right. I had people holding signs. Yeah, it was great. Know. It was wonderful. So well, I'm glad that the T-shirt so. arrived, and uh, I was glad I finally got that made for you. And since we're talking yeah. about things, people can see what I have back here. Ta-da! Oh, yes, they can. Our beautiful poster. So that- mm-hmm. Very nice. Looks great in the frame. Yes. Yes. And, uh, of course, anyone can get that poster, not with the frame and certainly not with the autographs, at uh, tinyurl.com slash davidrulesposter2. Uh, again, note the two at the end because eBay messed with us. And I know we usually talk about that later, but since since we have it sitting right, right there, there uh, it makes a nice, uh, you know, a nice showpiece. And uh, the other thing is, there will soon be news about T-shirts with with that on it. So uh, we're just waiting on, I think, podcast one to get it into the store. That will be wonderful. So, so anyway, um, let's let's get towards this week and what happened here because after this week's result, I wanted to come on wearing a veil, Brent Walgamot style, but I don't know where I would find a veil to wear. Uh, so this is the best I have. <laughs> you came with props. This is amazing. I did. We should do video so more is, often because it's more entertaining. Well, I, I'm using up all my props here. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that was a uh, a uh, kerchief from Knievel's Wild Ride. If there's any doubt that I've been covering reality TV forever, uh, I, th- that show sent me that. Well, there. Very and nice. So, um, but anyway. The reason is that, uh, you know, I said in our preview podcast that if I were picking my winner based on pure emotion instead of attempted logic, well, then I would have picked Mm, Oh, 100%. He was by far, and it really is one of the, like, just most likable people ever, I feel like. And I feel like the whole world was just saddened by him getting voted out. It was really one of those moments that I think most people watching kind of felt broken for a moment that Ethan just got voted out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, even though we were upset by Ethan getting voted out, we still have to go through the podcast just like we would for mm-hmm. anyone else. Although nobody else has ever gotten video before. So <laughs> there, there you go, go, Ethan. All right. Um, and uh, that means we'll compare his game to rules. I originally wrote way back after season one and have been modifying ever since. And now I do have another prop here. If I There's can find so many it. props. Uh, yes. And this is the version from 2001 leading into Ethan's first season. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, as you can see, it's much shorter. And, uh, you know, it has uh, only. I think I Wait, are there like four pages there? Only, only four pages. What The one you sent me was like, what is it, thing. 26? Yes, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yes. Clearly things have changed. So, uh. Yes. And uh, like, like, uh, you know, I mean, still, number one is ma- is a scheme and plot. And number two is not too much. But rule number three is vote off the weak, then the strong, then the weak. Mm. I didn't even have the strong, the, the second strong in there. And it was rule, number, was rule three. number three. And now it's not even like an so, actual rule anymore. You moved it down right. to an appendix. Right. It's crazy. Yep. Things have changed. So, the game has changed. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. But we'll still, you know, analyze the same way we always have, which is looking at all of the non-spoiler information available to us uh, from what we saw on TV, CBS All Access clips, social media. And today, even some information from a watch party with a couple of key decision makers from this tribal mm. council. Uh, and it's good that we have that because the secret scenes were useless this week. For they our were purposes. so much fun to watch. They were, they were fun. fun. They were all, sl- yeah, they were all slice of life scenes from the call and they were amusing, but completely unhelpful for the purposes of a strategy. Sure, podcast. But at least they were enjoyable. Yes. Uh, now I-, I mentioned last week that I'm decided I'm not modifying the rules at all for this season because this season is so specialized, but you can still find the most recent version at Rob has slash blog slash survivor rules. As I said, a little bit longer than the uh, version that I just showed. A little bit longer. Yeah. Now, before we get to Ethan's game, the first thing I want to talk about is something that you are an expert in. And that's Mm -hmm. Adam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I'm trying to remember back, even though I've watched your season twice now. He talked in this episode about strategically telling the truth sometime, which I remember him doing before. But did he ever go on? You're just full on telling the plan to the allies of the person who's supposed to be getting blindsided. No. And I see this is the thing that I find interesting about Adam's gameplay this time. I am really blown away by how much more in your face he's playing because when he was on Millennials versus Gen X, he was much more reserved, kind of kept things more uh, secretive, if you will. But he was playing both sides. I will say that. He definitely was playing both sides, especially once we had swapped and there was Ken and I and Figgy and Taylor. He was dead set in the middle and he was playing both sides. He knew that he was going to have to pick either Ken and I or Figgy and Taylor. And he was telling Figgy and Taylor one thing and he was telling Ken and I another. And we were just all hoping that he was actually telling us the truth, you know, Ken and I basically. So I have seen him play both sides, but he did it much differently when he did it on Millennials versus Gen X, where we all kind of knew that that was happening. And he was at least making it seem as if he was considering his options. Whereas here, he was playing both sides behind people's back. And that's why I think it really didn't bode well for the people that were in part of his alliance. Like, I understood why he was going back and talking to Figgy and Taylor, because he was making a choice ultimately. Whereas here, he had an alliance and he was completely just going behind their back. So that's a new side of Adam. And I, I was going through this a little bit more with my season and thought it was interesting because this did happen on my season, but it wasn't Adam that did it. It was Ken that did it. And Ken got everybody mad when he did it. It was after I was gone, but he ended up like sharing the whole plan with Will and that turned into a whole thing. And, and everybody was angry and Adam was angry. So I do think it's interesting that we're seeing this other side of Adam playing with with the people that he's playing with and playing the way that he's playing because it's it's much more aggressive and it's much more scary. Like I'm very, very afraid for him. And I was having heart palpitations the whole episode because watching it, there was a lot of uh oh, you know, Adam, I don't know if you should be doing that. So yeah, I he never went that far in Millennials versus Gen X, never. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have talked about this being a terrible move for Adam. And let's face it, he is lucky to still oh, be for in the sure. game. You know, even he talks about it in a sneak preview for the next episode. But 
I, I understand what he was trying to do. I don't think it was a fatal error. He's going to have a lot of work to recover. I think he can overcome it, especially if he makes a swap, if there's a swap there. I agree. Um, as long as he doesn't swap completely unfavorably for him, I think he can overcome See, I think if he had just stopped with Ethan, because Ethan wanted to work with Adam, and it sounded like they did have a, a connection, if you will. A lot of the Adam was, Ethan was one of Adam's favorite players, and they've, they just seem to have like kind of um, some similarities, obviously. The Adam's mother had passed from cancer, and, and that's something that that Ethan is obviously very um, knows way too much about as far as, you know, personally and the effects that they have. So they have, they have a very interesting bond, if you will. And so I feel like if he had just stopped with Ethan and said, Hey, Ethan, let's talk about our options and you want to play with me and I want to play with you and I've got your back. I feel like that would have been better because then at least he could have kind of put his feelers out to see if there's a chance that we could break up that three. As opposed to now we're going to go and we're going to pull Rob in too. That was, that was definitely too much and over the line. And there's no justification with your alliance when you do that. Because everyone was upset he told Rob. I don't think anyone would have been upset if they found out he had told Ethan. If there was an explanation that, well, I want to be able to work with Ethan and I'm trying to bring him into the fold. That is where I think he really went too far. Yeah, and we will get to the whole rob of it all uh as we uh, move into the rules actually i believe appendix a will uh <laughs> we'll get will, there will have a, a large impact on that yeah so so let's switch topics for now so we don't accidentally go there uh last week i held to my vow of not talking about edge of extinction despite certain people trying to get me to talk about well, it you did you failed like almost immediately I did not fail. You can't by saying I'm not talking about it. That is not no. You talking talked about, about it. it, and then then you no, had to try to no. not talk about it for the rest of the episode. No. Yeah, you totally failed like immediately. Nice try. No, nice try. Uh, but but uh, this week I am going to bring it up. So there, there's no okay. doubt. Uh, first, first I want to quote William Hammond, who used to write for me on Reality News Online, and who I finally got to meet in person uh, all these years later at the Los Angeles RHAP premiere party. He said on Twitter, Natalie figuring out how to get yet another fire token was given more screen time than Michelle and Jeremy's plan to target mm -hmm. Ethan. This is the problem with EOE in a nutshell. We're spending time on people outside the game. We're spending more time on people outside the game than people in it. And you know what? He's, he's absolutely right. And it's not even just because of Edge of Extinction, but the editing choices overall. You know, we're once again seeing this weird edit where the producers are apparently more concerned with surprising us at tribal council instead of giving us a full picture of what's yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. No. And I, I, I caught that Ethan's name was like, it was mentioned like once <laughs> it was, it was mentioned. Right. That, that was, was it. it. Like they were like, Oh, well, what about Ethan? You know, we, we, and it was between Michelle and Jeremy and it was in regards to weakening Rob. And that was, that was as far as the Ethan conversation went. And I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe we're seeing so much of Natalie because Natalie's going to come back and, and maybe they're trying to justify her coming back in the game. I don't know. It's very strange. It's very strange. I think it's just because she's the only one really doing a whole lot. There. Yeah. You know, and I am, by the way, getting sick of all of the. 
well, now that Ethan's gone, aren't you glad for Edge of Extinction? No, no, I'm not. I don't want to see Ethan on Edge of Extinction. I wanted to see Ethan in the game. Yeah, for sure. Ethan is now not Mm -hmm. in the game anymore. So, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I will, you know, as I said to several people on uh, Twitter, no, I am not uh, going back on my principles. Yes, I'm sad that Ethan's Mm -hmm. gone, but he's out of the game. And that's where he should be. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely frustrating because there's there's such great strategizing going on because the people who are doing the strategizing are so great at playing this game that I do feel like we are missing out. Those those particular conversations that could give us more of an in-depth understanding of the decisions that are made and how they're getting there. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but Jeremy is just kind of like sitting back almost like this quiet assassin kind of like I'm I'm appreciating the way that he is just presenting himself out there because every scene that he's in if he's in like a group he's just kind of lean back watching everybody tribal council seems to be the same way he's kind of watching everybody and again I don't know if that's just the edit but it's interesting that that's that's the way for me that he's coming across as like very very observant of everything that's going on, not running around like a lot of the other players are doing, but obviously very aware of what's happening. So I, I feel like his his edit is an interesting one as well, because it does seem so quiet, but so invested as well. Like it's it's very interesting to the plot and what's happening. So I, I'm I'm excited mm-hmm. for him moving forward. Yeah, I would just like to know more about, well, OK, what was oh, he thinking yes. in this? Yeah. You know, I mean, at, well, okay. As it turns out, we do know more, and we'll get to that here uh, shortly. So let's let's go ahead, and uh, we'll make up for the lack of uh, strategic uh, screen time by pulling together some of the threads, because uh, I mean that's what we're here for. <laughs> so while it, while it seems strange to vote out Ethan, turns out there are actually some pretty good reasons, mm-hmm. or if not good, then at least understandable. Right. So let's find out what they are as we determine why Ethan lost. The first and foremost rule talks about the need to scheme and plot as it did even back in Ethan's first time around. I said in our preview podcast that Ethan was never the biggest schemer and that continued this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the past, he plotted just as much as he needed to, which was less at the time than it is now what he needed to do. Uh, And he's admitted that he's not a great liar as recently as the secret scene from last week. Uh, when he was working with Parvati to role play what would happen if Danny came to him. I mean, it was a it was a fun mm-hmm. scene, but he really did need to be a better liar. Uh, that said, I'm unsure how much of that scene was him just goofing around. And similarly, I'm unsure whether all of his oh shucks, I'm just trying to follow the mm-hmm. game uh, talk, you know, was BS. I've long suspected it was a smokescreen to try to hide any threat he might pose. If that was the case, well, then then great job on scheming and plotting to make it look like you don't know that you're supposed to scheme and plot. If not, well, let's just pretend. No, I think that was exactly what he was doing. And I did you happen to stumble upon an interview that he actually gave? Like recently, it appears. Um, There was an interview, yeah, that he gave like earlier in the week, just before he got voted out. I feel. Yeah, this was uh, with entertainment. Tonight, I think it was. But this is what he ended up saying. And I thought that this was interesting because I think he was playing up the fact that people didn't think he would be very good at it. 
He said, going into this, I definitely wanted to be a little bit like they wouldn't know how I was going to play. I'm not necessarily the A-type personality guy. I'm not the person who's going to be standing up and barking orders or leading the charge. I feel very comfortable as the guy behind the guy. So I knew I wanted to align with some bigger threats out there and people that I may have known in previous time or life on the show, meaning people I played with before. But I wanted to also tap into the new school world. So I needed to align with someone who had played more recently than I did which was a lot. So I think he came into it with this idea that no one was really going to know how he was going to fit into this world of Survivor because it had been so long since he played. And he took advantage of it. I think he really did play it up, pretended like he didn't know what was going on. And the reason I say that is not only from his own words, but also when you watch him on screen, I I always thought it was incredible when he would be involved in a conversation with someone and the way that he would flip it back on the person was great because he would never really put his own ideas out there. He would follow up with, well, kind of almost like, well, what are you thinking or what makes you think that, or why are you feeling that way? You know? And I, I thought it was really interesting to watch him maneuver the way that he did because it allowed him to get information, but it also allowed him to not have to share information. And he did that with basically, I think every conversation that we saw besides like, Harvey and Rob, that was the type of interaction he was having. Even with Adam, he was letting Adam give him information without giving away too much. That's what we saw. And so I think that that was, it was a really smart move for him to play up the, I don't know. And then on top of it, utilize it as an ability to gain information from other people. Right. And that was kind of his scheming and Mm -hmm. plotting because he's, He's not the type to run around and make alliances and sub alliances and backup sub alliances. You know, he was looking for, well, as he said in preseason, he said, I, I feel that like the old school values of trust and loyalty can be applied to this new era. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to say, he was wrong. <laughs> you know, that clearly did not work out as he hoped right. it would in, in that situation. Right. Uh, so he he did scheme and plot, apparently, to make himself look like he totally didn't know how to scheme and plot. But also, he didn't really know how to scheme. And plot. But it worked. It definitely worked. And I. Th- well, okay. uh, it didn't, didn't work, work that well, well or we wouldn't be right. talking. But, about I, it. but here's the thing, too, yeah. though, is that I think that that's one of the things that people who play this game have to recognize about themselves. They have to know what about themselves is going to bode well and what is not going to bode well. And when you know what other people might think about you or what expectations they have, especially in a season like this, when you know all of the people that are playing, you have to be prepared for that. And I love that he leaned into that and kind of owned it because he didn't come in there and have this crazy, you know, Ethan that nobody understood and no one knew what was going like Danny. I, I mean, we could use her as an example. She came into this game being mm-hmm. a kind of an unknown. People weren't sure how she was going to play. And she came in hard and was like, let's vote out Rob and, and was really trying to play the game right away very quickly and ended up getting voted out because of it. And I think it kind of surprised everyone because no one was expecting Danny to do that because that's not the way Danny was before. Whereas everyone was expecting Ethan to come in and be very loyal and not be this major schemer and really like align himself with people and hold tight to that group until the very end, which is essentially what we saw him try to do. But I think he also did it because that's what was expected, but he also did it because that was going to work for him. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, we can move on to the second rule, which says not to scheme and plot too much uh, to make sure you keep your scheming secret and not to backstab too soon. Given what we just said about him probably not scheming enough, uh, it's safe to say he didn't do it too much. But what about the other aspects? Was he hit as part of the backfire of Danny revealing the old school alliance? Uh, For that matter, did he backstab her too soon? I'm going to say no to both of those. Yes, I realize I'm on a podcast with you and I'm asking and answering my own questions. But um, I'm going to say no to both of those. But he did fail to keep his own scheming secret because it seemed like everyone knew exactly where he stood. And that was firmly with Harvard. Yeah, that's true. I mean, everyone knew that that three was tight. And I think there was some understanding that he had a friendship with Parvati before the game even started. So that you really, you can't get away from. I mean, if people know that you have a relationship outside the game, they're going to know you have a relationship outside the game. But he gravitated towards them and really locked himself in with them. And I I was excited for this idea of him really latching on to Adam. Because he did talk about Adam pregame and how Adam could benefit him because he is a new schooler and could help him maneuver through this type of, of survivor that Ethan is unaccustomed to. So I was very, very hopeful that that's what he was going to do. But unfortunately, he went right down the path with the old schoolers and it was very clear what side he was on. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, to, uh, to fill in the blanks on the, what I said there and answering my own questions, the reason I said no to the question of whether he was, he was hit by the backfire of Danny revealing the old school alliance to Ben was that when daddy was talking about it right in front of Ben, Ben's reaction wasn't like, Oh, I'm so surprised. It was vindication. You know, aha, Mm -hmm. there is an old school alliance. Mm -hmm. He already knew, but this was just someone actually saying it out loud. And so, you know, even Ethan himself said in the episode that Adam knew he was close to Parvati. And it it just seems everybody. Well, and it seems like everybody knows about the old school, new school, because it's what everyone's talking about. They sit in tribal council and talk right. about it. They sit around camp and they talk about it. They're referring to each other as the old schoolers and the new schoolers. And even when there's they try to deny it at tribal council, it it's very clear that, no, it is actually a thing because you can see the division when they're when it's coming up at tribal council. So I, I guess it's one of those just kind of have to own it at this point. Everybody knows that it's a thing and that's how people are being categorized. But unfortunately, Ethan was categorized as an old schooler and also associated with the old schoolers. And unfortunately, it caused his demise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't make that jump Not just, just yet. yet. You know, little, there's, little there's, more. there's more. There's more. Uh, And before we get to the rest of the rules, let me take a quick break to tell you that this episode is sponsored by Expedia. And you can head to robhasawebsite.com slash travel to take a look at the various links there to different Expedia brands and specials for people both in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, For example, right now, uh, I clicked on that link and there's a link to hotels.com, which I use all the time, especially for know-it-alls travel. Uh, And in fact, I'm a gold priority member. in fact, that reminds me, I need to book a room for Atlanta because I am definitely going to Atlanta. So uh, it costs nothing extra for the user, but you can, of course, help support RHAP by going through that link. Again, it's robhasawebsite.com slash travel and, uh, you know, use that link and uh, find me in Atlanta. Look at you. You're uh, just going all over. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so, now we can move on to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. Uh, now, Rupert was on the recap podcast. And while I've enjoyed him on the show, I don't generally expect too much in the way of strategic insight from him. Uh, But he definitely pegged one thing Ethan did wrong in bonding himself too tightly to Parvati and Rob, much as we just talked about in the second rule. Yes, it, it looked like he talked to a couple of others. You know, we saw him talking to Ben. We know he wanted to do something with Adam. But the new schoolers knew exactly where he stood. And again, it was right next to the other two old schoolers. Yeah, no. And I think that his his ability to be flexible was really shown that, well, his inability, I guess I should say, to be flexible was really shown when he did have that conversation with Adam and then didn't even really consider what Adam was suggesting to him as a possibility. I mean, it was really just kind of shut it down like, Harv's my number one. Why would he, why would he tell me that? And then that information just kept rolling and talking to other people about the response to it, voting voting out Adam, as opposed to really taking a step back and saying, you know what, but maybe there might be something here and maybe he should have talked through it a little bit more with Adam to see if there was a chance for him to go down that path. And if it would have been better for his own game. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he, supposedly wanted that alliance but that it wasn't in play at Mm -hmm. all you know he he could have used that to jump to the majority with adam but if anything it kind of put him more in his well the favorite word from this episode Mm -hmm. bunker you know he he was hunkering in his bunker uh and it locked him in more with parvati as he said that having someone you can trust completely is the most important thing and Clearly, it was more important than having a decent relationship with Adam. Well, and you have to think about it, too. What he wasn't mindful of at all, it appeared, is that this wasn't the first time someone had mentioned Harvardy's name to him. This wasn't the first time somebody wanted to get her voted out. I mean, she has, and she even said it herself in Tribal Council, that you know, like she's got a huge target on her. So you're aligning yourself with someone who pe- multiple people are targeting, multiple people are talking about wanting to vote out. And that's who you are like hanging on to, you know, and maybe you have to take a step back and go, you know what? Multiple people have said to me, they want to vote her out. Should I really be putting all of my eggs in that basket? Or should I try to, maybe I should switch bunkers. You know, we want to go back to the bunker analogy. You know, maybe it's better (laughs) over there where there's more people as opposed to just Barb and Rob in this bunker, because you have to think about the numbers. And I really don't think he was focusing on the numbers at all. 
And that's the part that makes me sad for him is that he didn't go through that in his head that, you know what, there's an option here and I'm I'm being welcomed to go into this group. And again, like I said, if Adam had stopped there, then I think Adam would have been in a better place. And I think that there's a potential that Ethan might have come over. But unfortunately, Mm. we went down that path earlier and he went talk to Rob. Yeah, I I. Yeah, I don't think Ethan was going anywhere, you know, no matter what, whether Adam had stopped there or well, not, but we'll, we'll I, never know. But. but I do think that here's the thing. Once Rob got involved, Rob was like, mm-hmm. that's it. We're voting out Adam. Like, that's right, what we're doing. Right. So I feel like then Ethan was like, well, OK, you know, Rob's telling me we're voting out Adam. So yeah. we're voting out Adam and we have the numbers. OK, good. We're going to vote out Adam as opposed to Ethan just kind of working through it himself like okay well adam wants to vote out parv i don't know if that's going to happen what are my other options if any and so i feel like it just kind of spiraled and then once you've got rob there saying this is what we're doing that's what he did yeah yeah all right uh we can move on to the fourth rule which tells players not to let their emotions control them now my emotions were certainly controlling me as i watched jeff read ethan's name over and over again again we uh and get to the veil here. <laughs> um, and uh, a lot of people on social media reacted similarly. Uh, the question here, though, is whether Ethan was behaving emotionally. And I'm afraid the answer is yeah, at least partially. Yeah. Yes. You know, he, he said Parvati was his number one. He trusted her completely. And a lot of that, it seems, uh, came from his friendship with her outside mm-hmm. the game. And, and that connection is understandably strong. But Ethan needed to look around the tribe and realize that he was in the minority and he needed to do what Tyson did with Amber, lose the battle to try to win the war. Oh, that's a great analogy right there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, standing by Parvati doesn't do her any good if it had actually come to fruition because, well, it's just one more vote when you're still in the minority. So, you know, if things had happened that way, she's still gone. But more importantly, wouldn't have done him any good if that plan had gone mm-hmm. through. So, you know, as we discussed in the third rule, he needed a backup yeah. plan. And he had a backup plan, but he let the backup plan go that way. <laughs> so right. It's a, I, I think this is worth mentioning here because we're talking about Ethan's emotions. I just want to just reference this one moment in tribal council, the, the bunker moment when Jeff asked him about the bunkers, you, you could mm-hmm. just see on his face how he was trying to process everything. And I thought it was really quite hysterical because he was clearly like trying to follow along what everyone was saying at tribal council. And then Jeff throws this like strange, like bunker analogy thing at him. And it was just incredible. Cause Ethan was, you could just see him being frustrated, but also like, I have to respond to Jeff probes and I don't want to be dealing with that right now because I have, there's stuff happening. I'm trying to figure out over here. So I just thought that was worth mentioning. He, he kept his emotions yeah. in check there. <laughs> yes. But you yes. can see it on his face. Yeah. All right. We can move on to the fifth rule, which is all about the social game and reminds players they need to pretend to be nice. We all know that Ethan is just a total jerk <laughs> and was probably terrible to live oh, with. Of right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Such a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. There's no doubt that he's super nice. He had a great social yeah. game. And at, at the watch party where Jeremy and Michelle were, they said he was the nicest guy on the island and the most interesting man in the world. So I'd I'd say he succeeded there, 
uh, you know, not that there was ever any doubt. Right. And, and I think pregame, we talked about this a lot, that if there was anyone that you don't want to sit next to in the final three, it would be someone like Ethan, because Ethan is also right. very aware of it in the interviews that we've seen him give. People have a tendency to vote for someone they like, you know, and he even said he's like, they're not going to vote for the a-hole. Very rarely do we see that happen. They're going to usually vote for the person that they have a better relationship with or someone that they like. And he's so likable and really has an incredible survival story. So he's someone that I think everyone would have been very, very, it would have been bad if anyone had sat next yeah. to him in the final yeah. three. So yeah, Ethan is just incredibly, incredibly sweet, nice guy. So his social gameplay spot on. Cause that's just who he is. Yeah, and what you were talking about actually takes us nicely to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. And we said in the preview podcast that he would be a threat if he stuck around to near the mm-hmm. end of the game, if only because of his personal story. But it didn't seem like that even came up for the vote. Not that we got very much of them right. talking about the vote. So I guess it's possible that the two of them, you know, uh, Michelle and Jeremy may have said, and by the way, there's no way he can come to the end mm-hmm. anyway. But we we don't know. That would be pure speculation. So. I mean, do you think he was seen as a threat? I think that that is a likely conversation that occurred and it would have been nice to see it if that's what they were discussing. But I think that Ethan's threat level, it was different because of his ability to really form relationships with people and really make that person, whoever he's speaking to, feel like they matter. He's not someone who's going to rub you the wrong way. And like we talked about already, the way that he communicated with people was very interesting to watch because he he always was interested in what they were saying. And I think it was a strategy of his to get information from them. But he did it in a way that seemed it seemed not threatening, which made it threatening because he was so easy to talk to. I know I hope that makes sense. But, you know, that's the kind of person that is going to it's going to be hard for you to end up beating that person in the end, I think, just because they do have this ability to talk to people and talking to people is very significant. And you can get to the end by kind of, you know, running people over, if you will. I mean, and what do we hear a lot? Angry juries and people who are mad at the person who's sitting there because you were so mean to me and, and you did this, you backstabbed me, you treated me like dirt. You know, we hear that stuff all the time. That is not anything we would have heard, I think, in regards to Ethan. And so I do think that that's what ended up making his threat level much more significant. Yeah, he became a more threatening, less threatening person uh, to go back to what we were talking (laughs) about. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The seventh rule covers idols and advantages. And once again, we said goodbye to someone who didn't have an opportunity to do anything with any of those. So I don't have anything to say here. No, really got nothing. Okay, and we can move on to the uh, eagerly awaited for Appendix A, uh, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting and usually follows the path of voting out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. In a normal season, the tribe right now should generally be voting out the weak, which could either be the physically weak or someone who is weakening the tribe morale from within. Ethan was neither of those. So, you know, there was clearly a deviation here. But it was not a deviation from players keeping their end goals in mind. Because after the result we saw, it seemed pretty clear to me that the goals of at least Jeremy and Michelle were to work with Rob and perhaps Parvati rather than voting them out. And 
after this episode, a lot of viewers wondered why so many players want to weaken Rob, but no one just takes him out. You know, what's the best way to weaken him? Vote him out. Um, to me, it seemed pretty clear that many of the others have relationships with Rob and they think that they can pair up with him. You know, as, as was said in this episode, everybody is close to at least somebody on this tribe. You know, they know him outside the game like Adam does, at least from some run it up Reno activities. And I know this because I was there with both mm -hmm. of them, you know, and they think that they can leverage that. It doesn't hurt that he's also a massive meat shield that they can hide behind. But again, this comes back to what we were talking about way earlier of why did why did Adam tell Rob? Well, because Adam wants to align himself with Rob. Why did Jeremy and Michelle do that? Because they want to align themselves. I do think that there was a lot of interesting components to this vote. I do think that it's probably more Jeremy than it would be Michelle to keep Rob around. Because I think Jeremy is very aware of that meat shield idea. And I think, and I, I'm just guessing here, but that most people on the island right now have this idea in their head that we can always vote him out later because everybody is going to want to vote him out at some point. Like no mm -hmm. one's going to want Rob to get to the end. So he's what we could call an easy vote if we want to designate it as that, you know, that we could we could get everybody on board with that. So I think that that's part of it, that this idea that, well, we can always take care of him later. That doesn't always work. We've seen that. We've seen people hold off and then they're, they're angry with themselves. But so but I think that that came more from Jeremy because. Jeremy is mindful, I think, of who he is as as just a physical presence. And so you want to keep people who have that same kind of physical presence around as well. Now, I think Michelle has more of an interest in poverty. We heard her talk a lot about poverty yes. in her pregame. And the same thing, I think poverty has an interest in Michelle because they there was this I this like big sister, little sister idea that I think both of them both of them shared. So but also, I think what ultimately happened here, too, is that if they had decided, OK, well, we won't we will go with poverty. Like if Michelle decided, you know, it's not that I'm not that interested in working with her, we can vote her out. They would have ended up then going along with Adam's plan and kind of giving Adam some. I don't even know what the word is, but kind of building Adam up like Adam wanted to do this. And even though we're angry that Adam went and told all of our plans to Rob, we're not letting Adam know that we're angry with him by voting out poverty. We're making it seem as if what Adam did was OK. And so I think this sent a message to Adam like you have to listen to us. We are your alliance. Right. What you right. did was shady and we could have voted you out for doing it, but we didn't. So check it. And I, I think that that was I really think that that was part of it was that the, the alliance was sending the message to Adam, Adam, you better not do that again. So there's that component of it as well. And then you also have this. Now you have Rob and Harvey and you've got this understanding now that they aren't in control of the game anymore. And like they like they thought they were. They thought like Rob thought he was running things. And I think poverty is going, you know what? He had my back. He told me what was going on, but his plan backfired and we didn't get rid of Adam. Now all I've got is this guy and my number one is gone because of this guy. So you could almost put a wedge between those two, too, because they're going to start realizing maybe us working together is not the best thing because 
you just hurt my game and got my number one voted out. So I feel like there's a lot of things that ended up happening because of that vote and that it wasn't necessarily about Ethan, but about all of the things that it set in motion, all the little ripple effects. Yeah. And in case anybody watching slash listening thinks that we're wrong, well, you should know better, first of all, if you say that. Uh, but the, what we're talking about here was confirmed by the two main plotters behind the vote. Jeremy and Michelle gave some background at their watch party for this episode, with Jeremy saying he wanted to work with Rob and Michelle saying she wanted to work with Parvati. Uh, Jeremy knew Ethan would never abandon Rob and Michelle knew Parvati and Ethan were close outside the game. I, I believe there was even reference to, you know, one of them attending the other's mm -hmm. wedding. So in order for these two to proceed with the game they wanted for the longer term, they had to get rid of Ethan. He was standing in their way. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Right. All right. So we've gone through all the rules. Uh, so it's about time to wrap things up. What are your final no, thoughts? My final thoughts. I will repeat what I said on Twitter. Everybody got in the wrong bunker. <laughs> Everybody got in the wrong bunker. <laughs> Ethan was great to see on our television sets again. I remember how incredible he was to watch so many years ago. Oh, my gosh. Is, was it really like 20 years ago? <laughs> it's insane how long ago it was. Almost. But, yes. So it was great to see him out there again. Obviously, he's gone through so much in his personal life. So it was wonderful to see him play this game again. So kudos for him for having a chance to go back out there and do it. But I do think that ultimately the old school side of Ethan is really what negatively affected his ability to play in the new school era that we find Survivor in. He wanted to stick with that loyalty component that he played so well back in Africa. And unfortunately, the way that the game is played now, loyalty will only take you so far. Loyalty will take you one vote, essentially. It doesn't take you down long enough. And so he really needed to be looking at other options. And he had one presented to him. Adam came and spoke to him and there was a different path for Ethan. And unfortunately, he locked himself into Rob and Parvati. And unfortunately for him, those were the two biggest targets out there, the two people that everyone is talking about voting out. And yet he had an unwillingness to walk away from them. And he could have potentially used it to his benefit because obviously He's getting information from them and he's getting information from the other side. But he wasn't at a point where his ability to strategize was at the, I guess, the speed at which this game is now being played. You know, he's he plays a, a different type of game because that's the game he played in Africa. So unfortunately for Ethan, I think that old school African plane survivor Ethan is what we ended up seeing here in 2020. And it just didn't. It didn't bode well for him. Clearly, he got voted out, but it was great to see him. But unfortunately, when you align with the big dogs, sometimes you become the target based upon that, which is exactly what we saw happening. Yeah. Yeah. We did say, uh, you know, we saw him almost 20 years ago and I forgot. You know, of course, we did see him in Survivor uh, That's true, too. That is true. So, so one more. Yes. <laughs> so um, many props. So. Hey, <laughs> when you've been doing it this long, you start gathering yes. props. I at least didn't bring my Survivor Africa keychain. Oh. I wasn't sure how to. It's still in the okay. package. You know, I wouldn't want to degrade the value of it by uh, by opening the package. <laughs> there. So, yeah, I, you hit on pretty much 
you know, all the same things that, that I was thinking too. So you know, as much as I like Ethan and I enjoyed seeing him back, he made several key mistakes. He was a solid part of the old school alliance and had at least something going on with Adam, but he didn't make proper use of it. He wasn't making additional alliances and sub alliances, but rather thought he could bring loyalty and trust back into the game. You can never change the game. The game is the game. Uh, the loyalty and trust are certainly valuable even today, uh, but only when used properly on Survivor. And he didn't demonstrate that loyalty and trust to the majority of the tribe because he was associated too closely with Parvati and Rob and didn't seem to do too much to hide that. While Ethan didn't really have backup alliances, Rob and Parvati appeared to. Beyond that, others are seeking them out even when the alliance might not have formed yet. Michelle and Jeremy found a path to the potential alliance with those two, but Ethan was standing in their way. To clear that path, he had to be swept aside. Uh, without backup allies protecting him the way others were protecting Rob and Parvati, there was nothing he could do because he didn't even know he was in danger. And that is why Ethan lost. So sad. So sad. Yes. All right. Uh, uh, predictions. You know, we didn't even we didn't even talk about last week's predictions because all three of us we were, were wrong. We were so uh, wrong. Know, we, we were supposed to we were supposed to make fun of Liana because she wasn't there, but we were so wrong also that it. But it, she it, was it, the closest out of any of us. At least she had the right tribe. Well, she's not <laughs> here. You're not supposed to say that. Listen, I'll give her a little bit of credit because, you know. Yes, yes. You have to. She was closer than we were. Right. Yeah. That's right. All right. So, yes, from the initial preview that we saw, it looked like although Adam survived this vote, he was not in a good mm -hmm. position with his, within right. his tribe. Uh, as we've discussed, the whole point of weakening Rob is so others you know, could align with him. And I think Jeremy and Michelle are in a better position to do that than Adam is. But once again, that preview was so obvious that there's just no way Adam was getting voted out after mm. that preview. On top of that, the first sneak peek uh, that they put out has scenes and discussions after tribal council. And Adam is on what he calls an apology mm -hmm. tour because he knows that he, quote, pooped his <laughs> pants and was castrated, uh, quote marks on that, too, in front of everyone. Uh, so if he's on that apology tour, I don't think he'll get voted out. In addition. I don't even think, and you know, I know I said the same thing last week. I don't even think he'll have to worry about it because I'm going to once again predict that this tribe wins immunity and this time it'll actually happen. That puts us over mm -hmm. on the call where there's a Tyson versus Sandra battle apparently brewing. And I worry that it will continue because I don't want either of those two to go. Uh, you will seem to be leaning towards siding with Sandra, but I still don't think Tyson will go. I feel like there's going to be a similar situation to what's happened with Rob. And instead of targeting Tyson directly, they will quote unquote weaken him by taking out one of his allies. Now he doesn't really mm -hmm. have many allies. The only one I can think of is Kim and I wouldn't be happy to see her go either, but maybe I'm in denial and I can't admit it will be either Tyson or Sandra. So I'm going with Kim. <laughs> I love it. That's great. So the, something we talked about last week, because my prediction last week was Kim because of the idol. Oh. And she does have the mm -hmm. idol that Sophie knows about. So 
I'm curious how that's going to play out. Sophie was very clear that she shouldn't have shared that information with her when she did. But I do feel like even though we saw Sandra versus Tyson, I still feel this is one of the situations where we're going to see Tyson go home. Unfortunately, I, I, I thought Kim last week because she had the idol, but I also feel like. <laughs> when, um, see, I wouldn't be able to see that if we were just talking to each yeah, other. I know. I know. Um, For those of you who are listening, I just put the veil like back it. on. See, I love Tyson, but I think what Tyson is doing is very similar to kind of what we saw Adam do, but Tyson's playing with a different old schooler. You know, he's, I mean, he's playing with Sandra, who we know if you go after Sandra, she's going to take you out. She's going to figure out how to do it. And I think Sandra is someone that everybody wants to keep around for the same reasons why everybody wants to keep Boston Rob around because she's one of those people we can always vote out later. She's going to be easy to vote out because everyone's going to agree. Eventually Sandra has to go. So I don't think that she would be the person that they would target. I think it's going to be someone like Tyson because why? It'll keep Sandra happy. And Yule wants to keep that group together. Yule is very interested in tribe like camaraderie and how to keep the tribe happy. And if that's going to keep everybody happy, I could see Yule making that be the vote. So I think it's going to be Tyson, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting to see Ewell because one thing he brought up about Sandra was that she was providing food. You know, she had that idea there. And, you know, you can look. I don't know if you can see this. But Rule 7 used to be providing food wins mm-hmm. allies. And, uh, you know, it, it talked about, I mean, this was back in the day when Rich was, you know, spearfishing and stuff. Ewell is still working off of that old yeah. playbook. But did you see the shark? You know, I mean, my uh, God, it was huge. I did. It was yeah. Well, it wasn't huge. I mean, it wasn't as big as Tony made it out to be. Like Tony's, like oh, I thought it was yeah, going to bite my listen, arm off. When you're out there, it's the size of your when you're arm. out there and you need something oh, yeah. to eat, that is a massive meal. Oh yeah, that's massive. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, d- yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It was a massive meal. Uh, but, um, you know, the idea that people are going to keep Sandra around because she told them to set up a net to catch fish. I'm sorry, that's not no the exactly. Are that is not why. Around. No, they're so, going to keep her around so for he's other just reasons. Working. Yeah. Yeah, he's literally working off of the mm-hmm. old playbook. Yeah, for sure. But unfortunately, so. that's that's what I think is going to happen. Well, like I said, it, it could just be that I'm in denial. So I mm-hmm. recognize that. All right. Well, as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And, you know, I keep saying there's no better time to sign up than right now. And as a matter of fact, as we uh, let me look at my watch here. It is uh, like uh, March 1st or 2nd or something like that. And joining Patreon or, or becoming a patron of a podcast in the beginning of the month gets you the best value for the money. So run out there mm-hmm. right now to Rob has a website dot com slash patron. Uh, you know, Rob does what now he, he used to do at least five patron only call in shows a month. And now he's doing a brand new one the hour before each episode of Survivor. So what is that now? Nine mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, plus, he does a weekly uh, Q&A show with Nicole. And, of course, uh, patrons get discounts and first access to live show tickets. Uh, there's also the Facebook groups where you'll find a great community of people you can talk to about Survivor, Big Brother, etc., including both of us. Uh, me, I know. You. I know. Uh, I'm so bad. I apologize. <laughs> but but uh, 
So again, yeah, go to robhaswebsite.com slash patron and make sure to say hello in the Facebook Yes, and group. I will say I have been in the Facebook groups. I don't chat like I should, but what an incredible group of people who really clearly love Survivor and all of the shows that Rob does his podcasting on. I mean, these are people who are huge fans and want to talk about the show with other huge fans. So it is a wonderful opportunity to do that. And unfortunately, I have so much stuff happening all the time. <laughs> like I just want five minutes and I really need to get in there more often. But it was nice that, that I have the ability to do so. And yes, yeah, so you should definitely become a patron. There are so many incredible just bonuses for becoming a patron. So it's it's more than worth it. If you're a huge fan, like you must be, because you know you're listening to us, you should definitely become a patron. And yeah, you're right. watching us. So weird. And then so also you can say hi to us on Twitter, which I'm more active on Twitter, obviously. <laughs> so people people know me. Um I'm at Jessica Lewis89 and David is at David Bloomberg. You should follow both of us. David is getting more comfortable with posting more selfies of himself. So, you know, that's always fun to see. But yes, follow us both. And you can see both sides of the conversation. We both live tweet during Survivor episodes. And he thinks that he beats me on particular tweets. Oh, I beat you every time. <laughs> see what's happened? I, I'm i like, you've gotten into my brain. And so then I'm tweeting. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. the same stuff that you're tweeting. It's crazy. But needless to say, I'm at Jessica Lewis 89. He's at David Bloomberg. Follow us both. And yeah, you get both sides of the conversation. Good stuff. Yes. Uh, so we need to come up with a hashtag. And I got to tell you, I have no clue because I was focused so much on this whole video thing and making sure uh, making sure that my props were I know, in order. You have so many props. Uh, I, I, yes. Uh, maybe hashtag that's the answer there. Props. Hashtag so many props. <laughs> so, hashtag so many props. I know people are going to be like, what? And of course, <laughs> yeah, of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, YX Lost. Now, before we finish, I, I do want to remind everyone uh, about that poster yes. behind you. We had already brought it up at the beginning. So beautiful. Uh, you know, it's this, right. It's, it's a new printing of the poster. Covers all the rules. Again, go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster 2. And you are doing a lovely Vanna I White. There. And listen, so, I got to throw this in here, too, because I have had a couple of people who have made offers on eBay because it sells for $20. And um, I haven't accepted on the offers because I feel like, you know, it's being sold for $20. However, I will say that I have a few posters that we I wasn't going to sell because there's like a little nick in the corner or there's something wrong with an edge or something. So listen, if you really are interested in sending an offer like that and I accept it, I'll send you one of those posters. If, if you're okay with it, because I feel bad because I'm like, well, I don't want them not to have a poster, but I also don't want to, you know, I mean, it's, it's cost, you know, cost 20 bucks to buy it. So right. I'm just yeah. putting that out there. If anyone is like, Hey, I'll be fine okay. with getting one. That's got a little bit of a wrinkle or something's not quite right. We'll we'll talk. We'll definitely do that. So I'll throw that out there. All right. Okay. But uh, for the regular ones, you know, again, go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster 2. Also, people should not forget to go to robhasawebsite.com slash travel to take a look at all the available deals from Expedia and their associated companies. Uh, You know, people really need to be taking notes while they're watching or listening to this just to get all the links that we give out. Uh, so hopefully that's why we give them out multiple times you know, so that hopefully, uh, you know, they'll they'll stick with people. 
Uh, also, speaking of links, uh, make sure you're subscribed to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor. Or it's even easier. Don't, don't worry about the link. Just go to your favorite podcatcher. We're also on the reality TV rehap ups feed. And in both places, you can find great content like the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, uh, the RJP B and B, uh, featuring Mike Bloom and Liana, who was on with us last week, uh, this week in survivor and much more. And am I allowed to say thank yous now? <laughs> yes, you are. You're encouraged to say thank yous I, now. It's such a big deal when I have to get to the thank you part. So I was screw it up and do it at the wrong time but we do have to say some thank you so we have to thank scott st pierre for doing all of the editing and his willingness to talk david through how to do this video podcast because we've never done this before so thank you scott for that it's so great that you help us out every week we also need to thank will from america who did the theme song that's here at the beginning which is a wonderful song and i hope it will play even though we have a video here it'll it'll play on audio okay. not video so i I forgot to have you sing oh, us in. Oh, damn it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, but thank you, Will, for the wonderful song. And also, I have to thank our listeners because this is great. And thank you for anyone who decided to actually watch us and not just listen. I know this is new. We're playing around with this and hopefully you enjoyed it. So thank you, David, for doing this because I know you were not a big fan of the idea of doing a video podcast. So thank you for that. And yeah, so thanks to all the people that are out there listening and watching. We appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you, Jessica, for suggesting that we do this special video episode, which I think was great. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out, you know, when we watch it back, if I've actually recorded it, who even knows if I've successfully done Did you that. Imagine? Oh, that so, would be really funny. I, I'm, I half believe that's what's going to happen. Uh. But uh, so. Uh, also, a uh, special belated happy birthday to Scott St. Pierre. His was earlier this week, uh, a few days ago. And uh, so, a spe special happy birthday to him. Happy birthday, that. Scott. Uh, so, all right. I think that's about it. And, um, you know, hopefully this all went well <laughs> and everyone uh, will enjoy it. We will see you next week. You may not see us next week, but you'll at least hear us next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Lost survivor and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.